Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 1st, and you're listening to the College Football Daily my name is Trey Scott, and I'm joined right now by Shay Dixon, who covers the LSU Tigers for Go 24/7. Shay, how's it going, man? It's going well. It's nothing but it's nothing but LSU news. Whether it's Jamar Chase or Leonard Fournette or uh, college, NFL, high school commitments, uh, I'm spanning all uh, all three levels right now. LSU runs the world. I feel like we did this podcast a few months ago, talking about the attrition from the title team. No title team in the last 15 years has lost more from their unit. And of course, LSU is now down their best player with Sunday's news that Jamar Chase, the Blitnikoff winner, is opting out. We didn't think this was going to happen, uh, or at least a few of us didn't. Like Chris Hummer, 24-7 Sports National Reporter, he had a pretty good source a few weeks ago telling Jamar Chase was going to play in the fall, and, and that was you know, doesn't happen. So I just want to know, Shay, were you expecting this or did it totally catch you off guard? You know, it was more surprising to me that he was, you know, doubling down. I mean, we had put out a story with, like you said, Chris Hummer had it from a source not long after that. His dad went on record with Chris Hummer and said, uh, look, he plans on playing. He's locked in with this team. He had been at every single practice in fall camp. He was sort of the front and center guy for this team now that Joe Burrow had had been out and he had even been on the tweeting that we want to play movement and then it started to brew that um hey look some of these guys at LSU are thinking about things and obviously his name was at the forefront of all that and there's been speculation of whether it was nobody thinks it was COVID concerns right I mean he's he's opting out because it's it's evidently not you know we're presuming the NFL is not going to frown upon these guys opting out maybe similar to sitting out a bowl game that's not a major one at the you know the end of your season we saw guys do that plenty uh now you know sitting out an entire season Rashad Bateman Michael Parsons Jamar Chase all these guys who are presumed potential top 10 picks or first round picks let's say including Bateman uh, that those guys can sit out. It, it may not be a knock. I was shocked that Jamar was going to roll through with it. I mean, he had won a bullet in a coffee, broke all of LSU's single season receiving records. He went 15 and 0. He won a national championship. I mean, unless he's playing special teams and just goes nuts again, he's not probably not going to win a Heisman. So there's not all these individual or team accolades you have to go chasing on some 10 game season. And, and I thought that, yes, sitting out would be something that he would probably entertain. So, I was more surprised it drug out this long, and then when it became final, and, and he sort of tweeted about it on Monday, um, I wasn't surprised by it. Um, I was more surprised, like I said, that I, that he was actually going to play the whole season. We're going to circle back to the implications of him sitting out and what that means, but while we're on the subject of Jamar Chase, 
Where does he rank or stand, in your opinion, Shea, among the best LSU receivers ever? Well, certainly single season-wise, he's up there as, as one of the best ever. He owns the touchdown in um, and yardage mark. I think he was over 1,700 yards. He had 22 or three touchdowns, whatever it was. So up there. Um, but, I mean, then you're going to go back to guys like Josh Reed, who certainly was one of the most accomplished uh, wide receivers over his career. Uh, we saw Michael Clayton, Jarvis Landry, Odell. Justin Jefferson had a monster year last year, and Justin Jefferson had a huge year the year prior when Joe Burrow had just first gotten here. So he's in a lot of the top five discussion of of career marks at LSU. So I'd put him in there, but I think that it's not an asterisk. It's just, hey, look, if you want to know who had the best single season, certainly Jamar, but not playing this year, playing this year would have put him firmly into that discussion for number one or two of all time because he would have had all the stats. But given it's just a single season splash type thing, because two years ago, Trey, he was what? I think he caught 300 yards uh, on the season, you know, and that was his freshman year. So single season wise, number one, but mm, he's in the discussion for top five when you toss in uh, the history of how good LSU's been at receiver. I always get a kick out of thinking about Jamar Chase going back to the opening finals and you know, you went up there and we were in Portland and your assignment that week, Shay, was like dig in on the class of 2018 receivers and you covered that beat like people cover the White House. I mean, you, I'll never forget you just sitting there like just rattling off like your top 20 wide receivers from the event. Jamar Chase was there. He was uncommitted. Eventually goes to LSU, of course. The guy who was getting drawing more headlines, and I believe he got hurt, but he was regarded at that point as the top receiver in the class, and I think he might have finished there, was Terrace Marshall. So this now becomes, I'm guessing from my perspective, the Terrace Marshall and Eric Gilbert show for LSU's offense, right? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And and everyone listening, Trey's just being kind because Trey was in charge of everyone at the opening and he made it sound very sexy there. I was just literally charting all day, every day, but I was a great <laughs> charter, man. That's You want me to flip burgers? I'll be your best burger flipper. So yes, I did get to watch those guys up close. You're right because Terrace had a great week. Got a little banged up. I think he had ended up, not a concussion, but he had fallen and then they were like, uh, you know, cut him short and, and he didn't go the next day. And then he ended up getting hurt as a senior, but we stuck with our ranking and you're right. We put him up there. He was a five-star and Jamar Chase was a five-star on 24 seven and 100%. The thought would be, okay, a five-star means you're that guy. So if you take Jamar Chase out of the equation, you put Terrace Marshall in there. If you need another pass catcher, what other five-star do you have on your team right now? Other than Eric Gilbert, who's the highest ranked tight end in the history of 24 seven sports as a five-star coming out of this past class. And everyone I've talked to down here is just freaked out about the stuff he's done in practices it's you know quite often we're in this business of of both sides of it we rank the kids and we see them we cover them and and we see them all come up through high school and and then we see them through to college and and quite often you know they get to college and uh, that's when all the coaches break you of uh, look you're not a five-star anymore you're come in and earn it and uh and you know the the older guys will you know pick on them you know let's say you've got a five-star db or whatever and they're throwing at you non-stop and uh and they humble you in a sense and and they say okay the kid's knocked back down to earth they tried that with stingley and they've tried that with eric gilbert and everybody's response is yeah, yeah these kids are 18 like yeah five star 100 this is what a five star looks like it's not oh let that kid get adjusted and we heard it before the season last year with stingley burrow was like this kid's a freak and then we saw it and not that we didn't know it because we had him ranked as the number one corner but 
he was just so clearly better than nearly every corner in the country. And he was 18 years old. And, and that's how they feel about Gilbert. He's, as Jacoby Stevens put it, he said, that's 6'5", 250, running a 4'6", right at you with receiver's hands. And he said, wait, if he gets, you know, if you get up on him, you have no chance. He's going to body you. He's going to jump higher than you. He can run faster than you. And uh, the feeling is certainly that, uh, that by the end of the year, if things go well, Terrace Marshall and Eric Gilbert are their leaders in probably catches and, and certainly touchdowns. So LSU's number six in the poll, AP poll. Uh, I believe they have like six starters coming back from the national title team. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's right. If, okay. If, if you're walking down the street and people recognize you and you're in Baton Rouge and they say, Shay, Shay, big LSU fan here. Um, you know, is this, is this as bad? The attrition is, is, is it as bad as it seems like, is this, I don't know how to handicap a fair expectation in this kind of season, like on, on the hoof, in a normal year, I would say this LSU team probably has eight and four written all over it. I don't know what that looks like in 2020. If that's you know six and four, five and five, what are you thinking? And what's I I, I guess your most realistic take on how this season is going to look with 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 losing more than returning more? You know, I think that there's. I think that there's an expectation from LSU fans, and maybe it's even helped out by the reality of a 10-game season and guys are opting out that, look, you're never getting back to where you were at 15-0 or how that happened or how dominant you were. So there's going to be a natural fall-off. And, and that's kind of coupled in with people saying, look, give Miles Brennan some room to breathe. He's not going to be Joe Burrow. Nobody's ever been that lights out for a single season. So let him take his time and remember – Two years ago, Joe Burrow played for LSU. He threw 15 touchdowns, not 60-something. He threw seven, eight picks, not four or whatever he had at the end of the year. And it was there were some hiccups. And I think that that's okay because obviously he was a first-time starter. He was with a new team. He got, a, you know, I guess got his bearings straight, got settled in. And a year later, he's got a nice rapport with the receivers. He's used to starting, and, and we saw the rest is history. Well, Brennan's been with these receivers for three years. He's been with Steve Insmeyer, the OC, for three years. Steve Insmeyer recruited him. He's familiar with what LSU wants to do. And and I lead off with him and, and would almost end with him by just saying that if their quarterback play is solid, and it's I think it will be because, look, he doesn't have to be Burrow. He's going to be better than all the other options we've seen in recent years. And I'm not here to knock on all the quarterbacks LSU's had over the past decade plus, but Brennan, arm talent-wise, and, and certainly now sticking around till a redshirt junior year, he's a better prospect than, you know, everybody else minus probably Burrow and maybe a Zach Mettenberger type. So there's some serious upside there. And if he's good, I think this offense can go because yeah, you, you lose so much, but you lose Chase and you lose Justin Jefferson. Well, you've got these other guys we've talked about and they've got plenty of other receivers in the room. You lose a dynamic player in Clyde Edwards, Elair. Well, you've got Chris Curry and Ty Davis Price and John Emery, who are all top eight running backs on 24-7 sports and have all played and proven that they're good. Um, defense, you know, they've got D Lineman that can play. They've got Stingley back, Jacoby Stevens. They bring in Jabril Cox from North Dakota State. They've recruited really well to the point of, yeah, when you lose guys, those next guys have to step up. And, you know, a year ago, we weren't talking about Patrick Queen. We weren't talking about Clyde edwards Elair. These guys all stepped into their roles when they got the starting nod and then uh, they became a, a product of, of how good the team was. And uh, I think we'll see that again. I'm, I'm a little bit probably higher on LSU, not saying they're going 10-0 or whatever it might be. Um, I thought Josh Pate's 
said it a few times this offseason and is right, they can go seven and three. They can go eight and two. LSU fans know that they're not going back to the Les Miles days and they're not going back to just such stubborn offense. And they've got a new DC in Bo Pelini who's been here before and won a national championship as a DC and, and runs the four, three defense. That's more aggressive and, and what Orgeron wants. So uh, I think the pieces are in place regardless if they go perfect or if they stumble along the way and lose to uh, Florida or, or Bama or something, you know, Auburn, whoever they might play that certainly got, um, equal if not better talent on the roster this year, that's fine because you know that the feeling behind this year, the program at LSU right now is different because of how they went out and executed really the past two seasons. Probably the most fascinating team of 2020. Thank you, Shay Dixon, for joining us.